the S in ESG is equally important, and that's really about addressing the impact that our projects have on people. It's about making sure that we're creating and managing human-centric spaces for the different stakeholders at hand, so whether that's our employees, our occupiers, or our community, and really underlying the importance of a strong social agenda. Welcome back to the Word Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions of space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is episode two of season nine, sponsored by Delta Q. In this episode, I'm joined by Daniel Chang. Daniel is Managing Director and European Head of ESG at global real estate company Heinz. Lately, when the ESG topic comes up, we often focus on the E. And while the environment, energy efficiency, and carbon reduction are very important, we must not forget about the other two letters to this acronym. Daniel indulges me for an ESG discussion where we spend a lot of time focusing on the S and how real estate can have a positive social impact. Referring to two projects, one in Munich, Germany, and another in Milan, Italy, Daniel shares the benefits of having a fully integrated S strategy and how real estate companies like Heinz playing a role in creating sustainable communities and ecosystems can deliver value for the bottom line and thereby value for investors. We discuss the many stakeholders, how to think about measuring social impact, and why it's important to plan for the S at the very beginning of a project. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or topics you want covered, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. You may have seen our headline sponsor, Delta Q, just raise 8 million euros to fund their international expansion. Delta Q is the leader in reducing energy consumption and CO2 emissions in the commercial real estate sector. Later in the show, we hear from Delta Q's UK director why this is important for our industry. Without further ado, Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the Work Bowl Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and I have to first thank Nor Norm for this amazing, amazing setup. They provide furniture as a service, and they provided us with our furniture for the podcast studio at MIPM for this week. I also have to thank Convivio for helping them get this furniture to us from Paris. Wow, that must have been a journey and really appreciate them partnering with a Ukraine refugee to help deliver that. Big shout out to MIPM, of course. We're here on site all week and looking forward to some really good conversations. Today's conversation is with Daniel Chang. He's the European head of ESG at Heinz, and his role focuses on the transition to decarbonization, enhancing meaningful social engagement in the built environment and bolstering governance frameworks. Daniel joined Heinz in 1999. He's going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> he was the development manager from 2009 to 2021, was a portfolio asset manager in investment management. He continues to play a key part in the success of Heinz European funds, with all four funds being awarded sector leaders in 2021 by Gresb. In addition, Heinz European Core Fund won the PREA PRIA Open End Fund ESG Award in 2021 and 22. Of course, Daniel played an instrumental part in this accolade. Congrats. Thank you. This is a long bio, but it's worth it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell it all to you. Daniel sits on the advisory board for the ULI Randall Lewis Center for Sustainability and Real Estate, which is dedicated to creating healthy, resilient, and high-performance communities around the world. 
He's also part of the Sea Change Steering Committee and is a member of ULI's Sustainability Council in Europe. Prior to Hans, many years ago, <laughs> Daniel worked as an architect at the Architecture Studio in Paris. He holds a Bachelor's in Science in Architecture from the University of Maryland. Go Terps. Go Terps, the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and an MBA in Urban Planning from Columbia University. Welcome to the Workbook Podcast, Daniel. Thank you very much for having me, Caleb. Fantastic to be here and be with you here at MIPIM. It's fantastic to sit here face-to-face and have these conversations. I've done so many of these virtually over the years. It's amazing when we get to be face-to-face with our peers. So look, we have have an amazing lineup this season, all talking about ESG throughout the season. We have Lizette Van Dorn from ULI on, which you know we talked about in your bio. And she talks a lot about sustainability and the road to net zero, which is super important. I want to talk to you about the letter that often gets missed in the ESG conversation, and that's the S. So can you talk about the S and why it's critical to a fully formed ESG strategy? Thanks very much for asking that question. I mean, I think, as you pointed out, the industry for quite some time has been focusing on the E in ESG and focusing on really minimizing the impact, the environmental impact that our projects have, namely focusing on decarbonization. But the S in ESG is equally important, and that's really about addressing the impact that our projects have on people. It's about making sure that we're creating and managing human-centric spaces for the different stakeholders at hand. So whether that's our employees, our occupiers, or our community. And really underlying the importance of a social agenda or a strong social agenda is the fact that for decades now, you know, pretty much globally, we've been seeing a widening of the wealth gap. And that is, you know, mainly that a larger portion of the of the wealth is residing with a smaller group of people. And that's translating then in disparity and a lot of disenfranchisement from a large portion of the population. So in real estate, we really have a role to play to be able to integrate into our projects things like affordability, placemaking, access to amenities and services and job creation, not only because it's the right thing to do, but also because it creates a lot of value in our projects. And when I you know, think of some of the projects that we're developing at Heinz, there's a fantastic project in the northern part of Milan called Milano Sesto. It's a very large urban regeneration project, perhaps even the biggest one in Milan and in Europe, with around 1,400 or 1.4 million square meters, with a third of that being park area. And there, you know, we're really focused on making sure that we are creating a heterogeneous community designing residential units that are catering to a diversity of the population. So student housing, young families, young professionals, elderly, and also making sure that a portion of that is going to be affordable with roughly 40 to 50% more affordable prices than the center of Milan, even though you're just a train ride away. And making sure also that we're creating a lot of green spaces, public spaces and amenities to create that social cohesion. And for us, it's also around creating social value, but also value for the project. So I'm going to call out the elephant in the room just a moment. I imagine that some people listening to this hear about social impact and the wealth gap and making things affordable for people. But then that's coming from the voice of a real estate company that is in business to make lots of money for their investors. Is that a juxtaposition? Is that complimentary? Can you talk about that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, Caleb. And I think it's something that we're also focusing on. And it is something that's coming our way in terms of regulation. So it's addressing that. But it's also about making sure that it's properly incorporated and designed from the beginning phases of, of planning a project. And we believe that as a result of introducing that into the projects that 
it's going to create a better and more sustainable community over time. And that if we're able to manage that properly, then it's going to be also creating a lot of value to the project, not just in terms of the right thing to do, but also value to the project and to the bottom line. I had to ask that question. I think it makes sense for people that are managing investors' money to help provide a return to be thinking about at a high level when they're going into the design phase and planning and strategy of how can we um, bring social to the forefront. That's why I agree with you that S is so important. It's just as important as the E. And you mentioned earlier community and you mentioned job creation. I think about when, you know, from a space as a service perspective, often we're focused on creating ecosystems that bring in a diverse mix of people, underprivileged people, as well as small businesses, and then even scale-ups and fast-growing companies and putting them in the same sort of ecosystem and bringing different partners in to help them grow is, is crucial. And so for you guys to be thinking about that at the forefront of a project many years out and how you can make that happen, I, th- I think totally makes sense. So you talked about regulation, you talked about the bottom line. Can we dive a little bit more deeper around the benefits of having a fully integrated S strategy when it comes to developing and managing and investing in real estate? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there I need to sort of talk a little bit about who the stakeholder is, because when you're talking about a social agenda, it really depends on what stakeholder you're talking about. So if you're talking about, for example, having diversity and inclusion in your workforce, it's about being able to then harness the talent of of having diversity in your perspectives and having a more well-rounded perspective in terms of how you make decisions. If you're talking about, for example, your occupiers, it's around you know catering to their health and well-being needs and resonating with them so that you're able to attract them in the first place, but also hopefully retain them longer. And if you're talking about creating a sustainable community in the long term, like the project that I mentioned in Milano Sesto, it's about being able to integrate the right elements in terms of public spaces, amenity to services, and heterogeneous you know society or, or groups of people so that you're able to make that attractive overall to that community and create value to them. And also, as I mentioned before, value over time to the project. I like that because historically, real estate has been about providing a return to investors. Some might argue with me about that, but it's, it's been 100% about providing a return to investors. And I think what we're saying now is that while that's still important, it's also important to make an impact in the community that, that we're investing in. And you're taking in and thinking about that at the very beginning of the project. Yeah, no, that's right. And I think you know, they actually go hand in hand. I think you're able to also create value for the project because you're embracing the social agenda. Well, I think it's relatively easy to understand how to measure the impact on the bottom line and how to provide a return to, to the investors. But how do, how do we measure the impact of, of S? You know, what, what sort of concepts or what sort of strategies are you implementing to measure this fully integrated S strategy? Yeah, again, sort of, I guess, going back to the question earlier about, you know, who your stakeholder is, I think it really depends on the stakeholder at hand and the project at hand. So the way that you measure that might look very differently if you're talking about a residential project or, you know, a specific type of asset class. So I've got a great example of a project in Munich called AIR, which is a project where we're refurbishing it to become net zero. And adjacent to that is a project that we call SHARE which is a project that is awaiting re-permitting. And so it could have just stood there vacant until we obtained a new permit, but the team decided to actually create a community center and anchored by a community kitchen that's creating 2,000 meals a day using food that otherwise would have gone to waste. So you could, in that case, for example, measure that in terms of the number of meals or the number of tons of food that otherwise would have gone to waste. So it really depends on what is the 
project at hand. But there are other measures, for example, the social value portal or one that we engage with in the UK called Social Enterprise, which is a company that looks, looks at all the services that we're procuring and sees if there's an alternative that's able to procure those same services with a social angle. So in that way, they're also able to measure the pound value of all those services in a very nice, clean way. But I think ultimately it does hopefully depend on you know, the authenticity of the objective of the project and the social agenda around that. Since we're talking ESG again, let's pop over to Adam Gadiali, Delta Q's UK director. Adam, the Workbolt audience is made up of office real estate professionals spanning 50 countries. Tell us a little bit about your international expansion plans for Delta Q and why that's important for office buildings. Reducing energy consumption is a major challenge for real estate organizations, especially since the sector is responsible for nearly 30% of the European Union's carbon emissions. Delta Q is a purpose-driven organization and we partner with the largest real estate companies in the world to fight climate change and to help our customers towards net zero carbon with our triple strategy. This is what we like to call Map Plan Act. Thank you, Adam. More on Delta Q's triple strategy later in the show. And so with the Air and Share project, when that asset gets redeveloped, what happens to those businesses? No, that's a really good question. And I think that project has been you know, quite successful in terms of it was actually an organic project that engaged with the community. And so I think it's been so successful with that community that very likely an element of that will reside in the you know, ultimate project. So Daniel, I'm wondering if you can talk about another example of how you're measuring you know, once a new project is PC'd. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in that example of that project in Milan, which is you know, large master plan urban regeneration, there there's that element of creating a community, but also of job creation. So ultimately, that project is going to accommodate 50,000 people in terms of residents and visitors. And a large portion of that is going to be new jobs that are going to be created on site where Again, it's going to provide access for the people that are living there with jobs potentially directly in their vicinity. And so I can't remember the exact number of job creation. I think it might be something around 10,000. But, you know, that's something that is a, a direct link to the way that that building or that project is being designed and master planned. Makes sense. We've done some work for some clients and they've been heavily on, on the S part of ESG and we had to give them a social score. And so what we did is we looked at the number of jobs that could be supported in that facility. And then we put an, a, a medium income range on it to say, okay, this many jobs times this average income equals this based on the type of jobs that we would be supporting. And it gave it a score. So it's just fascinating to see different different companies look at it in different ways. Well, obviously we're sitting here at MIPUM. I mentioned that earlier where everyone's talking about carbon neutral or better. ULI is launching their Road to Net Zero initiative. I said that earlier. That's talking about the, the season. What are the big talking points you want to see happen here at MIPM around social value, around the S strategy, and that you're instigating in the conversations you're having? I think that's a really good question. And I think going back to your question around how you measure the social value, I'm really interested in having conversations around MIPM in terms of how others are approaching being able to put a measurement against the way that they're creating social value. And so I know that there's lots of different approaches, different, you know, frameworks, if you will, but I'd be really curious to see how our peers are thinking about being able to bring it down to one unit of measurement. You know, when we talked about carbon at the very beginning and the E side, you know, that's typically the way that we talk about the E and ESG. So on the S side, 
from my perspective, as I was mentioning earlier, it's about being authentic to the social initiative at hand and the stakeholders at hand. But I'm also equally interested in understanding the frameworks that people are considering and bringing out. And it is, this is a developing social science, if you will. So really learning from that as well. I like that. And I imagine that there's some prop tech startups over in the Propel area that are going to be listening to this saying, this is what we need to be doing next. Might be a pivot soon. This has been fantastic. Thank you for taking the time, Daniel. And you guys don't know this, but before we started recording, we were just bonding over our time in DC. Is that okay for me to say? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So obviously I lived in DC for seven years and Daniel I guess, really grew up there, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not specifically DC, but yeah, I've been to one Terps game of which which the, the receiver, gosh, I can't remember his name now. He went pro and played it several years. He was killing it that game. Yeah, no, the Terps, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been there. It's been sort of early 90s, but it's a phenomenal school and you know, go Terps. <laughs> go Terps, go Terps. Well, my, my friends at home will kill me if they hear that. So I got to say go dogs. <laughs> Daniel, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn below if people have questions or they want to reach out to you about how they're measuring the S in ESG. But enjoy the rest of MIPM and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Caleb, for having me. And this has been great. And yeah, looking forward to a great MIPM and successful for both of us. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself. Before we close this episode out, a final update from Adam Gadiali on Delta Q's triple strategy. As I mentioned earlier, everything we do needs to help the commercial real estate sector drastically reduce its carbon emissions. That's our purpose. We start with connecting building portfolios with our AI solution and commit ourselves to clear results, which include CO2 and energy reduction, operational efficiency and comfort optimization. Firstly, in order to reduce the building's energy consumption, we deploy our technology across building portfolios. We do this by mapping the building through a digital diagnosis or creating a digital twin of the building. This also includes precise local weather forecast and occupancy data. Secondly, through planning, which is where we conduct a physical diagnosis of the building with our HVAC and BMS specialists to ensure that the availability of data is as closely aligned with reality. From there, we identify building and system anomalies, build a roadmap towards savings and advise on the carbon return of retrofit investments. Thirdly, by taking action. This is where we take both digital and physical data and automate repetitive savings through our AI steering of the HVAC systems. That's our triple strategy. There you go. What an important purpose. Be sure to visit deltaq.io to learn more and listen to episode eight this season where I got to sit down with Delta Q's CEO, Khadija Nadia at MIPM for a deeper dive into their purpose of helping the real estate sector on the road to zero. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drumroll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com.